Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. All right. Very, very powerful, awesome time. Thank you, Ben, for leading us in that. Wow, that was a, a good time. So I want to add my welcome to you and glad you are here. Uh, last, uh, last week we didn't have second service because it was 50 degrees in here. And so the first service was kind of like it was we were at a, like a, a spring softball game or a spring baseball game and, and people were in blankets and, uh, and stocking caps and gloves and scarves. Uh, just as a show of hands, who had a blanket in their car ready to bring it in? Right? Some of you had that. You're blanding it. You're like, okay, I hope the heat's working today. And so, uh, but we are glad you're here. Nice, cozy, and warm. So, so a couple of years ago, Tammy and I figured out something that uh, has been just instrumental to our marriage when we travel. Um, so, so whenever we go on a travel destination, vacation, whatever it is, and we get close to that destination, I usually drive most of the way, but as we get close to that destination, we have found that we switch places. Uh, we have found that she has to drive and I have to sit in the passenger seat. And it's not because uh, I can't uh, keep my temper, and some of that might be the case, but we have found that her navigational skills are not the best, but even more so, my listening to her navigational skills are probably not even better. So, so, so we have found that we just kind of switch places. And that's okay, because Evan's friends, when they were in junior high and high school, they nicknamed her NASCAR Tammy. And so, you know, she can zip in and out of traffic just fine. So, so NASCAR Tammy sits in the driver's seat, and Navigator John goes to the passenger seat. And, and it, has, it has made wonders in our marriage, because before that, we would have what I would call some, uh, some very spirited conversations in the midst of traveling. Has anyone, does anyone understand what I'm talking about when I talk about spirited conversations in the midst of traveling, right? Whenever you're trying to find a destination and you just get frustrated and confused with whoever it is that you tend to be traveling with. So we, we have, it took us 20 years almost to find that out, but we figured that out about the last five years. Well, I can remember one of our most spirited conversations was in 2010. And the reason I remember that was because I remember our vacation destination. We were supposed to go to Florida in the Gulf, of the, the, in the Gulf area. Does anyone know what was happening in 2010 in the Gulf? There was an oil spill. There was an oil spill. So we had had a nice condo. We were going to go to the beach for a week. We decided to cancel that because we couldn't get in the water, couldn't even get on the beach. And so we decided to redestinate our, ourselves to downtown Chicago. We thought, you know what? We've never been to Chicago. The kids have never been to Chicago. So we booked a hotel smack dab downtown Chicago. And it was going to be a great time. And, and it was a good time. It just was a little frustrating getting there. So we headed out Thursday to, and we went to St. Louis and we got up early Friday morning because we wanted to leave early enough to head to Chicago to beat what? Five o'clock traffic, right? So you never want to get to, we just, you never want to get to Chicago, downtown traffic. And so at five o'clock. And so we left super early and we got about two hours outside of Chicago and there was road construction, which I feel lasted like five hours, which probably only lasted like an hour and a half, but it was enough time that it delayed us to where we were going to be in Chicago about five o'clock. All right. And so back then, you, know, you, didn't, you didn't have your Google Maps on your phone that talked to you through your speakers. You had what's called an atlas. 
Does anyone know what an atlas is? It's like a paper thing of maps that you turn over for some of you that don't know what that is. And, and we, we, we could have had that, but we chose not to have an atlas because we had really moved up in the world and we had bought a first generation TomTom. All right. One of those things that you stick on your dashboard, it suctions onto your dash and you plug it into your cigarette lighter and supposedly you put your destination in and there's like this really antiquated map that is a green line that tells you where you're going. And it really worked great. It even told us when the road construction was there, there was like little men, little signs on men like on the road. And so that worked fine until we got to Chicago. And no one put the little asterisk in the instructions on how to use the TomTom that says, once you get into a large city and there's large buildings, it no longer has satellite connection. And so here we found ourselves in downtown Chicago with an address, no atlas, no maps, no way of knowing how to get there, confused. We, 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 it, was, it was just a horrible experience of just frustration and confusion. Has anyone ever been there? Can anyone ever relate, right? Well, guess what? I think a lot of times we feel that way in life, don't we? We feel confused about our destination in life. We are confused just really not knowing and understanding the direction that we need to go in life. And so we find ourselves asking questions like, you know, what is it that God wants me to do? What is it that God wants? What is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? You, have you ever asked those questions? What is, what is it that God wants me to do? What is God's will for my life? And, and so we, we pray and, and we ask God to show us and, and we search scriptures and we even search our hearts. Because why? Because we just simply want to know how to move forward in life. What direction should I go? How do I get there? You know, am I supposed to take this job? And this job, man, it means I have to uproot my family. And if I uproot my family, is that the, is that the best thing I can do for them? Is, is, is that going to create chaos with my family? Is this who I should date? Is this who I should marry? I mean, I've been, I've been dating this person for a really long time. And, and you know, marriage is a lifetime. And, and I don't know if this is the right person for me. Should we raise our kids in, in public education or, or, or private education? Or should we homeschool? Because I want my kids to have the, the best influences around them. And what if we make the wrong decision here? And what if we, we put our kids around the wrong people? Is this the ministry that I'm supposed to be involved in? Is this what I'm supposed to do? This is a huge financial step for us. And man, it could work out really good if it works. But if not, man, this could really destroy us as a family. I don't know what we should do. Does God even have a plan for my life? What if I make the wrong decision? Is God going to be mad? Is he going to be upset with me? What if I go through my entire life and I miss it? What if I miss fulfilling God's purpose for my life? Do any of those sound familiar? I think if we're transparent, if we're all transparent, throughout our lives, all of us deal with questions like this, similar questions. Maybe not currently. But you probably have in the past, and I promise you, you probably will in the future. All of us go through times when we feel like we're lost, we're unsure about the future. Sometimes we feel like we're just wandering around, looking for purpose, looking for meaning, looking for direction. We feel like we're in downtown Chicago, without a map, without a tom-tom, have an address in hand, but we don't know how to get there. So today, we're going to look at a promise that God gives us, a powerful promise to guide us. It's the promise of guidance. And so what does that mean? What, what does the Bible say about that? What does that look like? What does guidance from God look like? So if you have your copy of Scripture, I'd like for you to turn to Isaiah 42, 16. 
and you'll have it on the screens, and you can look in your, in your Bible, or if you have your U version, and, and while you're finding that or looking at that, so a little context here, God has been silent for a while. Israel has, Israel has been in exile, and, and, and God has been silent for just a little bit. And now he begins to speak to them. And this is something that he says to them in, in, in Isaiah 42, 16. He says this, he says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them, and I will make rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Let's hang here for just a moment. Just look at this verse just a little bit more. He says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. He's saying when, when you can't see where you're going, when, when, when you're blinded by the confusion of life, by, by, the, by the, the circumstances or the situations of life, when, when you're blinded by, by the tears of those situations and those circumstances of life, when you can't see where you're going, I will lead you, he says. You may not know the way, but I do, says the Lord. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. He says, along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. When you're not familiar or, or sure about the path to take, when you don't know if, it, if it's the right path, if it seems like an unfamiliar path, remember, it's not unfamiliar to God. It may seem unfamiliar to you, but it is not unfamiliar to God. 20 years ago or so, I walked a very, very unfamiliar path in my life that brought me to this place, to this position here at Northbridge. I had no idea what that path looked like. It was so unconventional to anything I had ever experienced or heard of experiencing. But just because it was unfamiliar to me, doesn't mean it was unfamiliar to God, right? He says, I will turn darkness into light before them. Think about when you go into a dim lit room and you, you kind of walk in and it's kind of hard to see and you're, you're kind of feeling the walls for the light switch or you, you know there's a lamp and you're kind of feeling for the, the lamp and then you turn it on and boom, brightness occurs. There's clarity, there's brightness to the situation. We have our, all of our uh, living room lights hooked to Google Home now. I'm really up in like the, into the, the new world, right? And, and so, so when I walk in at, at, from, from, from work, it's usually dark because it's like 5.30 or 6. And I walk in, I say, hey, Google, turn on the lights. And boom, it's just bright in there. And that's what God does. In the darkness of our situations, he brings light. He brings light to the situation. Scripture says that the word of God is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light to my path. Sometimes it is the darkest times of our lives that he uses to shape them into, to, to, into the direction that he wants us to go. Sometimes it's, the, it's the, maybe the, the poor decisions that we've made in life that he uses to shape us, to bring light in the midst of darkness. Sometimes it's the darkest times of loss and the darkest times of emptiness that he uses to mold us and give us light in the midst of the darkness before us. And he says, and I will make rough places smooth. I will make the rough places smooth. Think about the obstacles that we face in life. The things that, that create confusion and resistance in our lives. Sometimes it's people, right? Some, sometimes it's just it's trials. Sometimes it's, it's just a backlash of, of things, of living in a fallen world, isn't it, right? Tuesday night in our small group, we talked about that, that hardships and trials are something that every single one of us will experience. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. 
Every single one of us experience hardships and trials. And God says, guess what? Those hardships, those trials, those bumps in the road, those mountains that may be in front of you, guess what? I'm going to smooth those out. I'm going to smooth those out. I'm going to make them smooth. And then he says, these are the things I will do. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. And just listen to me. If you get nothing else out of today's message, get this. Never in Scripture, never in this Word will you ever come across anything where God says, I'm going to do it, and then He doesn't do it. Never in His Word will you read, God promises something, and then He doesn't come through. You're never going to find that in His Word. If you can't see where you're going, God says, I got you. I got you. If the path is unfamiliar, He says, guess what? Follow me. I'll take you. If you need light in the midst of the darkness, he says, come on, here we go, here we go. If you need a rough place made smooth, he says, come on, take my hand. I will walk with you through this instance. God's promise to guide us. He will not forsake us. So how does he do it? How does he do it? And this is where I kind of want to spend the rest of our our time together here, okay? So, So I want us to look at four different ways that God uses to guide us. And the first is this, his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And Tony talked about this a couple of weeks ago, a whole message on this. And and if you didn't have a chance to to listen to that, please go back and and go to our app, go to our our podcast and re-listen to the promise of the Holy Spirit. And and one of the things he talked about was this, is that the very moment, the, the moment that you give your life to God, you open your heart to Jesus Christ, and you ask him to come in and forgive you of your sins, the Spirit of God resides in you at that very moment. The Spirit of God resides in you. And and his role at that point is to direct you and to guide you to live the life that God wants you to live. Psalm 143.10 says this, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good Spirit lead me on level ground. It is God's Spirit that leads us as Christ followers. It is God's Spirit that leads us as believers. It leads us, He teaches us to live our lives the way that God wants us and desires us to live. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, Paul says this. He says that we have been given the mind of Christ. Because of God's spirit living in us, we have been given the mind of Christ to discern the things of God. If we go up a couple of verses, and you don't have these, but just listen, in verse 12, it says, For we have not been given the spirit of the world, but we have been given the spirit of God that we may understand what God has freely given us. We've been given the spirit of God so that we can understand the things of God, right? And he says in verse 14, he says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from God, for they are foolish to him. In other words, the Spirit of God, as it allows us to discern those things, sometimes there's people that don't, that, that aren't, they're not going to get it. They don't understand your actions of, of what you do or maybe what you don't do because it's foolishness to them because they are not a believer. So they don't understand those things. Because the Spirit of God living in us, we have been given the mind of Christ so that we can understand the things of God, discerning his word and finding direction for the way that we can go. So that's the first way, by his spirit. The second way that that we know that he guides us or we see through scripture that he guides us is by his word, is by his word. Listen, the will of God, you want to know what the will of God is? The will of God is is in God's word. 
It's in the word of God. If you want to know what God thinks about something, then you need to know what he's already said about something, right? If you want to, if you want to know what he thinks, look at what he said. To me, to me, I don't, you know, I don't look at the Bible as like a, a map of, of a step-by-step direction to get me to my next destination in life. It's not going to say, hey, go left here, go right here, and, and head up this way. I don't look at the map. I don't look at the, the Word of God as a map. I look at it like a compass, like a compass. It always points to the direction of truth, doesn't it? It always points to true north. And in His Word is a place where, where we can say, listen, well, how do my thoughts how, how, how do my doubts, how, how do my, my ideas and my dreams about what the future holds, how do those line up with this compass, this compass that I hold, and, and the direction and the way that Scripture is pointing me? How, how do those things line up with what God's Word says? Because I know His Word will point me to the truth and will point me true north. And let me be very, very clear on this. God will never lead you to do something that contradicts what Scripture says. God will never ask you to do something that contradicts his word. He he will never tell you to cheat on your taxes and and to steal from your work and tithe on it, right? He's never going to do that. He will never tell you to to look at marriage any differently than how God defines it in his word. He will never tell you that that sex outside of marriage is okay. He he will never tell you that it's okay to lie to your parents or to lie to your friends just because you don't want to hurt their feelings. He's never going to tell you something that contradicts his word. But if you want to know what he thinks about a decision that you are facing, then you can go to his word and you can see what his word has already said. If you want to know what he says about relationships, then look at scripture and see what he says about relationships. Here's an example. Maybe you have a, a coworker or a friend or a neighbor that, that you kind of, you like to hang out with, but you just kind of feel like when you do, they just kind of bring out the worst in you. You know, they just kind of, they kind of, you, know, you just have some, some, temp, some temptations to do what you just kind of feel aren't the greatest, right? And so you're like, I don't know, should I, should I develop a relationship with this person? Should I not? I, I really don't know what to do. So maybe you go to his word and you find 1 Corinthians 15, and it says, do not be dis- mis- misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I'm not saying that a person's a bad person, but it says bad company corrupts good character. And maybe you listen to that and you pray about that and God's spirit says, you know what? Maybe you can have a relationship with that person, but you need to be safe about it. You know, maybe, maybe that's a relationship you just have at work, you know, just through the hallways or maybe in the break room when you're around other people. But you know what? Going hanging out with them after work at happy hour, probably not a good idea, right? And so that's God's word giving us guidance on a relationship. If you want to know what he says about generosity, if you want to know what he says about leadership, if you want to know what he says about forgiveness, conflict, about the lifestyle that you're wanting to live, what has God said about those things? I promise you, you will find it right here. I promise you will find it right here. Psalms 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet. It is a light on my path. Again, the idea of light in darkness. The idea of clarity in the midst of a decision. Clarity in the midst of, uh, of, of a situation. Where is he going to lead me? Where is it going to point me? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Not just some of it, not just parts of it, not just the parts that you want to think are are, are relevant to your life, but all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is useful for the believer in training us, in rebuking us, in correcting us 
in righteousness. It's something that Christians struggle with all across the world right now. There, there's so many people that, that want to take parts of Scripture and say, well, it's not relevant to today. It's not relevant to culture. And that's so untrue. It says all Scripture, all Scripture is relevant for the decisions, for the direction, for the leading of our life. And so he uses his spirit. He uses his word. The third thing he guides us through is his people. He guides us by his people. And you have heard us teach on that over and over and over from this platform, that we are not created for isolation. We are not created to be alone, that, that we are created to be surrounded by people who we can trust, who love us and love God. And that's the key, who love us and love God. Not just love you, but also love God. And why is that important? Because if they love you and they love God, then they can help point you to the Spirit. They can help point you to what the Spirit of God is saying in your life. They can help point you to the Word of God, which is instrumental in us knowing direction for our life. Because they know you, they love you, and they know God. And that's important in their life. People who will shoot straight with you. People who will, who will tell you the truth. And when you're wondering about whether or not God is asking something of me or asking me to do this or that, they will help point you in the direction. Why? Because they have the mind of Christ. Because they also love God. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I love this scripture because it talks to us about the importance of relationship, of, of teaching one another, of admonishing one another, but it also talks about the importance of worshiping together. The importance of us meeting together here as Christ followers and lifting each other up and singing songs of gratitude with our hearts together as Christ followers. We worship together and we grow in our relationship with God. Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and deeds. We receive direction on how to love and how to continue to, to, to do the, the things that God has asked us to do from people that we surround ourselves with that love God. And the fourth thing that, that he, he guides us through, I believe, is our circumstances. Our circumstances. Closed doors, open doors, whatever you want to call it. Many of us have had circumstances in our lives that have given us detours, haven't they? Many of us have, have, have had situations in our life that have actually made us do a 180-degree turn in our life. Many of those are those rough places that God promises to make smooth in Isaiah 42, 16. They're the heartaches and the trials that, that, that we talk about that are not obstacles, but they are, they are requirements for us to go through as Christ followers living in a fallen world. A very familiar verse that we, we talk about when it comes to our circumstances and God leading us through every situation is Romans 12, 28. And it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. I, I think God uses circumstances sometimes uh, more than he uses anything else. I mean, if you think about the amount of time that you spend in God's word, you think about the amount of time that you pray, you think about the amount of time you, you actually have honest conversations with, 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 with other Christ followers throughout the day, probably leaves us about 20 hours of circumstances to deal with, right? And I think God uses circumstances in our lives so many times as, as, he, as he brings us, as he shapes us and molds us and directs us in life. 
And why would God put those circumstances and those situations in our life that if he, if he didn't intend to use them for his glory, right? Because they grow us and they mold us and they direct us and they point us into the direction that he wants us to go. God has us in mind all along the way through every, every, every situation. In all things, we know that God works for the good for those who love him. So the promise of guidance, we have this promise of guidance that God will not forsake us, that God will continue to lead us. And he leads us through his spirit. He leads us through his word. He leads us by his people. And he leads us through his circumstances or our circumstances. So where do we start? What, 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 how, how do we start this whole thing, right? Well, it first starts with a relationship, a relationship with God, right? And so if you're here today or if you're listening online and you've never given your heart to God and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, guess what? That is step number one. That is step number one. It is simply calling out to God, saying, I need you, asking God to forgive you of your sins and believing that Jesus Christ came into this world, died on a cross, was killed, was put in a tomb, and rose again on the third day. That's it. That's step number one. And at that moment, he is faithful to save you, and he begins to lead you into the direction that you are to go in your life, right? That is step number one. Now, many of us are here, we're believers, and, and, and we ask ourselves, you know, why can't God just show us? Why, why can't he just show us the way? Why, why all this, uh, this leading and guiding? Why all the time in between? Why can't he just say, hey, this is where you're headed. This is where you're going to go. Now get there, right? And I would say this. At some point, we would probably become impatient with God, and we'd try to do it ourselves because it wasn't working fast enough for us. Ask Abraham and Sarah how that worked out for them, right? So, sometimes we would probably just say, no, it's too hard. I, I see down there. I see what that holds. No way. No how. Not going to do it. And then the third thing I would say is this, where's faith? Where's faith if we don't have to rely on God to lead us and direct us? Where does faith come in? God cares about our faith so much because as our faith grows, our relationship with who he is in our lives grows even more so. I remember when I was a kid, I was a late swimmer. I was a late, I didn't learn to swim until I was like first or second grade. I was, I was one of those late guys. I was afraid, of, I was scared to death of the water. And we'd go camping like every other weekend. And, and I remember there was pools always at the campgrounds. And so all the kids would swim, they'd be swimming. I'd be stuck in the shallow end because I was scared to death of the water. And my dad would be at the, at the, at the deep end. He'd say, hey, jump, jump, just jump to me. I was like, no way, no how, not happening, not happening. And then he's like, the next weekend, come on, John, let's do it, let's do it this weekend. No way, no how, not happening. And then as I'd watch, I'd see my sister would do it, and he would catch her. I'd see my cousins do it. He would catch them. And eventually, I began to see my dad's pretty faithful. He's going to catch me. And so guess what? I learned to jump. I learned to jump after time. And for many of us, many of us, we need to step back, and we need to go, where has God led me in life? I'm struggling right now. Where has God led me? Where has he led me when I was blind? And I couldn't see, what has he done in my life? Where has he, where has he smoothed out those, those rough places, those mountains, those bumps in my life? Where has he given light in the midst of darkness in my life? Where has that been? And we need to remember how faithful he is to lead us and to guide us. Why? Because he says, these are the things I will do. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. I will not forsake you. And some of us are here today and we're like, 
What if I messed up? I'm, I'm not letting God, get, you know, I'm not letting God guide me. I, I, I'm kind of going my own path. What do I do? How, do? how do I get back? We just sang a song before I got up here, and it said that God was the shepherd of our soul. He's a shepherd. You know, shepherds know what it's like for a sheep to wander off a little bit, don't they? They understand that sometimes a, a sheep will kind of wander and, and start their own path. And what does a shepherd go and do? He looks for a sheep. And when you call out to him, he will hear your voice and he will bring you in and he will put you right back on track, right back on track. Proverbs 3, 6 says this, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. These are the things I will do, he says. I will lead you, I will guide you, and I will not, I will not, I will not forsake you. Let's pray. And Heavenly Father, we just say thank you for who you are, and we say thank you, God, for just the fact that you guide us. And God, there are times in our life when we struggle. There are times in our life when we struggle to see that. There are times in our life, Father God, when we just kind of, we struggle with just seeing it, experiencing it, knowing what to do with it. And Father, in the midst of those times, would you remind us of your faithfulness? In the midst of those times, Father God, would you remind us of the times when you've walked with us, when you've, when you've led us, when you've guided us in the midst of our confusion of life? Because Father God, you are faithful and it is a promise that you've given us. And so Father God, just thank you so much for that. And Father God, as we go from here, as we walk away from here, would we allow your spirit to move in our life? Would we allow your spirit to guide us in all areas of our life? Would we line our life up with your word? Allow it to to point us true north, Father God. Would we allow people in our lives that love us and love you, would we allow them to have input in our life and, and, and to give us some guidance? And Father God, in all situations, in all circumstances, would we look to you and praise you and say, thank you, Father God, for who you are because of how faithful you are. Father God, again, we just say thank you. We thank you for our time here together. And Father, if there's someone here today that needs to be reminded of step number one, if they're listening today and they need to be reminded of step number one, that what we have to do first is to call out to you and to ask for forgiveness for our, of our sins. Father God, if there's someone here listening, would, you, would, you just res- would your spirit just resonate in their heart deeply today to let them know that you love them? and that you are there for them, and that you are there to offer them the salvation that they desire and they need. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.